Teresa. I am also known as the Tarot Lady, and I am so excited to have you here tonight. And I'm here with my absolute wonderful Talking Shop co-host, Miss Bree Saucy. Bree, how are you doing? I am doing really well, Teresa. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this evening. We have a great show for you lined up. We're very, very excited about it. We're always excited about our shows, but we're very excited about this one because Teresa and I are kind of systems junkies a little bit, aren't we? Oh, yes. I love being organized. I And, you know, I've got a lot of balls in the air because I not only have the tarot business, but I also have the yoga studio. So there's yeah. a lot going on at the Tarot Lady Hub. And um, systems are essential. So this is, I think, a show that is really important for anybody, whether you're running a tarot business, a, a mystical business, a yoga studio, actually any kind of business. Systems are super, super important. So tell me, Bree, uh, really briefly, did you always have like a really good system for running your business, or did you have to like kind of figure it out as you went? I had to read Michelle's blog <laughs> and spend a lot of time on her website, and she she told me about Trello like three years ago, I want to say, and <laughs> that was that was like my first, that was Bree's first, you know, sticking her toe into the water of systems and. I mean, really, as soon as I saw that I could color code something, I got really excited. And I, I think it's gotten a little bit more sophisticated since then, but not that much more. But, yes, I, it really changed my business because, you know, I have a lot of different offerings that I have available. And I have services that I do, but I also have classes that I teach. And I also have a three-year-old. He's about to turn four. So I really needed something to help me be organized. Right, and you know, when you fly by the seat of your pants, I know a lot of us do business that way, um, but it really makes your business a hot mess. It really, I think, creates a lot of stress. And I think, oh, having, yeah. yeah, having systems, having order, I like to call it for metaphysical people, divine order in our businesses, really helps us to show up more peacefully for our clients. So I think they're really essential for that. And in this type of work, we need to be in that kind of a mindset if we're going to serve people properly. And we can't be doing it willy-nilly. It, it just doesn't wash. And I think what that does when you don't have a system, it resonates and people pick up on that and they assume then, wow, this person really doesn't have it together. I wonder if I can be, if I can trust them with my issues, right? That's right. That's right. And, you know, for our kind of work where we are, we are working to be open-hearted, intuitively attuned and aligned. What I find is that not having systems in place creates static in all those other areas. Whereas if I have a good system in place, I don't have to worry about who I'm seeing or who I'm talking to or how we're getting in touch. I can just work on the work that I really enjoy doing. And so setting up a system that takes care of those things is a huge time saver, but I also think it actually helps us do better work. I agree. So tonight for our show, what we're going to be doing is talking about why you need systems, even for a metaphysical business. And we're going to talk about which systems are the most critical and the best productivity tools. And there is nobody that we even considered for this show except for this very special guest that we're bringing on tonight. Our show tonight is called All Systems Go!, and our special guest is Michelle Nicolaisen of Bombshell.com. Let me spell that. B-O-M-B-C-H-E-L-L-E.com. And, Bree, could you tell us a little bit of, just tell everybody what she's all about real quick? Absolutely. So Michelle is the trusted productivity expert behind Bombshell.com. Teresa just gave you that address. <laughs> she helps entrepreneurs develop systems and structures to support their business and help them be more productive. And she's awesome. She has – her site is one of my favorites because there's so much great information and tips, and I love how she presents information. She's just fabulous and, and really is addressing something that not that many people talk about, but we all really need. So, yay, welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. 
We are so excited to have you here. This is such such an important topic, and I think for Michelle, for people in our industry, we love to skip that stuff. You know, we want to be flipping cards. We want to be doing yoga poses. We want to be yeah. doing that kind of stuff. And the thought of systems is like, ugh. So <laughs> what we need you to do is to tell our audience, why do we need systems? Why do people even like us need systems in our business? So basically kind of the stuff you guys already touched on, um, one of the things is that, like Bree said, was I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. There's like a mental cost not being organized, and I think that's one of the reasons that one of the reasons that people put get, getting more organized off is because they don't really realize that. But if you're less organized, not only does your work suffer, but like like your work suffers, your clients suffer. That's basically what it comes down to. Because we put off getting organized because we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't like it. It won't be fun, you know, and, and a lot of that is because of the way we're taught to approach organization and the way we're taught to think about this stuff. But what we don't realize is that by being disorganized, like, you're splitting your attention because you constantly have to have something running at the back of your head. Like, you have to – it's like the systems manager on your computer where you can see, like, how much memory is going to how much stuff if you're staying disorganized, then, like, a chunk of that is always going to be going, did I remember something? Did I forget something? Do I have this? Am I going to be able to find this thing later that I know how to do? Wait, what's the, what's the step that I need to do on this project? And so all of that means that that's, that's attention, that's memory, like, so to speak, if we're going to go back to the computer analogy. That's memory that you could be devoting to uh, being more present with your clients or to doing better work marketing your business or things like that. That's really yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I think that really sums up what we were saying, right, Bree? Absolutely. That's exactly right. I like I like the way she put it, though, the, the um, you know, the mental cost. And, yeah. and it translates into a real cost, which I think is, is really critical for business owners of any kind to understand, right? Right on. Yeah. Yeah, and I think people, I think people are especially prone to this in, like, creative industries and spiritual industries and things like that. And it's just because, it's just because the way, like, the way we talk about this stuff in our culture is so, like, dry and boring. Like, I, I literally wrote a book on systems for, like, small businesses, like, teams of, like, one to five, because there's not really anything out there like that. Like, all the stuff, most of the stuff that's out there about systems and even about productivity and organization, like, it's easier to find stuff about productivity and organization, but a lot of it is from this, like, really, like, pushy, aggressive, like, male point of view that kind of sucks all the fun out of, like, everything, and even when it comes to the systems especially, it's, like, super, super dry because people assume that if you're looking at systems, then you're, like, a corporate business so that you're dealing with teams of, like, at least 10 people and maybe more, like, 20 or 30 or 50 or 100. So I can see why it happens, but it's just it's a really big mistake. It's, it's, it's a big mistake. Absolutely. Well, that opens up really nicely to one of the questions that Teresa and I were both really interested in, which is, where do you think, like, as you see them, you talk with them, where do you think business owners waste the most time? Um, I think a lot of, <laughs> I mean, there's, like, so many places, there's so many places that my mind goes. I think a lot of it, okay, so there's a couple of things. Um, so are you talking, do you want, you, you want to know where people waste the most time as in, things that should be systematized or, like, which systems should be prioritized first because people just do it really inefficient. Is that – I don't we know. Want we, yeah, we, we want both. We want both answers. I'm a Libra, so I'm my answer is always both. <laughs> I am <laughs> Don't <too>. make me choose. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so as far as um, – where I see people wasting the most time, like, it's almost kind of a non-answer because part of it is just not having systems, period. But the main thing that I see is that people um, don't have any kind of a system for the actual services themselves. And that's, like, that's something that's a little easier to define, like, if you're a freelance writer or, you know, if you're a graphic designer or whatever. But it still applies if you're teaching tarot classes or reading tarot or doing yoga classes or anything like that. Um, but what I mean by having a system for the service itself is, like, having a checklist so it's like you pay 
the client pays you. What happens after that? What happens after that? Like what happens up to the reading and then what happens after that? Because if you don't have that checklist, then you're expending every time that someone books a reading, like you're expending a little bit of your mental energy trying to make sure that you do all the things in the right order and that you don't forget anything and that everything gets done and it like stuff just will fall through the cracks. So it's important to let, and you can set this stuff up. You can set it so depending on what your checkout system is, you can set it up so that like it's automated so that like every time, you know, um, someone pay, check, checks out through WooCommerce, for example, like you can use tools like IFTTT or uh, Zapier, I believe it is Z-A-P-I-E-R. Um, but they sort of help you automate things. So you can you can actually set it up if you want to, and there's lots of different shopping cart systems. You can set it up so that every time someone buys a product through WooCommerce, for example, it creates a task in Asana that has, like, a checklist of things for you to do. And so it's, like, new client checklist for Michelle, for Teresa, for Brie. Um, and if you don't want to go quite that far with automation or if you um, don't use one, if you use a shopping cart system that's not uh, accepted by them or something like that, you can create, like, you could even have just a handwritten checklist that you just, like, keep around your workspace or something that's like, okay, this is my new client checklist. If someone pays me, I email them and ask them the questions, ask them what questions they're going to ask, get all of their information, and then we book a time. Like, and how do they book a time? Because then you can use, um, you know, you can use tools like Calendly is one of my favorites, but there are also email add-ons. Um, if you use Gmail, there's Mixmax, which is great, or there's Assistant.2. So both of those let you schedule things a lot faster. So it's like, okay, someone buys something, I email them with my intake questionnaire, which is standardized. Like it's the same three questions every time, like what's your first date? What questions do you want to ask? Is there anything else I should know? And then they have a link to book the thing. And then like they book it, we show up, I start the recording, and then after that, like I send them a recording and I send them like a uh, feedback survey or something. So just having that checklist, uh, just like really makes a really big difference in saving time while you're actually doing the work of doing your business. And that frees up your energy to not only uh, do a better job when you're actually there with them, but to be able to, it saves you time so that you can book more clients, which means more money, which is great if you're running a business. Yeah. That's really important and such, such smart advice. So in your opinion then, what systems are the most critical? I mean, what are the areas where we really do truly need a system in our business? Uh, obviously, probably the client care and follow-up. I mean, what are the areas that you think we really need to consider starting to bring into our businesses? Yeah, client follow-up is, like, easily the number one thing that if people don't have, that's, like, that's kind of where I tell people to start if they don't have I mean, assuming assuming that you have at least a basic system, because if your business is just, like, totally super disorganized, then uh, getting organized enough to get client system, client follow-up systems set up will be a little harder. But assuming that you have at least some, like, basic systems in place, like you have, you know, that client checklist that we talked about and, um, like, an invoicing checklist or a payment checklist, things like, assuming that you have, like, the basic administrative stuff in place as far as just, like, handling your clients, definitely go with client follow-up just because it's such a high leverage area. Like there's all these statistics on it. And one of the ones that I know off the top of my head is that the probability of selling to like a, a, a new customer is on average, like, and obviously this is going to vary wildly depending on your business, but it's like five to 20%. Uh, the average for selling to an existing customer is 60 to 70%. So that's something like, like three to 14 times, depending on which end of the spectrum you're at. So that's how much easier it is to, to sell to existing customers because they you're not an unknown anymore. Like they know what kind of service they're going to get. So it's really important, and it doesn't have to be something super complicated, but it's just really important to make sure that you're making an effort to like check back in with previous clients and be like, hey, so, you know, we had that session three months ago. Like how did it land? Has anything else come up for you? Um, like I'm booking, if you're looking for any kind of a follow-up, I'm booking for next month right now. And, you know, like I always appreciate referrals because 
not only are previous clients more likely to buy than, than your average person, assuming that they're happy with the service, uh, but if you keep reminding them of your existence and you know and, and you and you make sure that they remember that they have this great experience, then they're much more likely to refer people to you. And people who are referred to you are so much more likely to buy because because you're not just again, you're not just some random person to them. It's like, oh, I know and trust this person and they said that she was great. So that's that's why it's such a high leverage area to start for those two reasons. Um, and it's great because you can put in a couple of, like, like you put in like probably two to three hours, depending on how big your client base is um, and how many previous people you've worked with that you're like setting up here. You put in two to three hours and then, excuse me, uh, and then like maybe 30 to 60 minutes a month. But, it can have like big revenue effects because people are like, oh yeah, that's that's right. You know, I did want to like book another appointment with her, or like I did want to. My friend was just asking me about someone who does this, and I I want to refer them to her, and you know, and now I know like that she has openings right now, and that she you know, and can tell that to my friend. And I think that we kind of assume that people will remember that stuff, but the thing is, is just that, and, and people, if so, if someone has a great experience with you, like, of course they'll remember it, but it won't necessarily be top of mind for them all the time, just because everybody's so busy, like, we're all busy, and, right. you know, to some degree stressed out, so, like, it, it just, it helps to give that little extra nudge. So that's definitely, like, the highest leverage place that I would recommend. Well, I, I do have to say that I'm like the queen of follow-through, and there is nothing that gets me more aggravated than when I'm trying to do business with somebody and they don't follow through. You know, if I purchase yeah. something or I sign up for something and I don't hear from you, I'm kind of like, hey, or if I'm working on, let's pretend Bree and I were working on some sort of a business deal, and all of a sudden she's not getting back to me. That kind of stuff makes me not want to work with somebody. Yeah. So, you know, what what is your advice then to make sure that people don't get lost in the um, the flow? I mean, how can you, if you are busy, and I'm not talking just clients but other things, how can you make sure that you stay on top of your follow-through so that you don't end up being someone who blows people off? Oh, man, um, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, yeah, I think... I think there's a couple of things that that you can do here. Uh, one of the things that I do is just generally try to stay on top of my email, like, at all times, which is, like, in, in and of itself kind of a bit – and this has, like, been a new thing for me in 2015. Um, this has been something that I'm trying to put much more of a focus on because towards the end of last year I was starting to let it slip, and it's not like it ever got really, really bad. But so. There's a couple of things that I do. Uh, I use Gmail. I use Gmail. I love Gmail. And even if you don't want to use like an at gmail.com address, you can use at uh, you can use Google Apps and like get it at your domain name. Uh, so they like have a tool where it's you know there's the the inbox thing where it sorts out like social updates and promotions and then like the actual inbox. And it's really good at catching that. I still have to check the other ones, of course, and I actually have a recurring task set up in my project management tool to have my assistant go back through and check the updates folder and make sh absolutely sure that nothing got put in there that was from a real person. And that's like once every month, I think. So that could still be a significant delay in reply, but at least I would catch it. Uh, but in general, I try to like check it anyways to make sure nothing gets lost in there. So I it I have like the actual emails from real people in one spot and I can look through them and then I have email times slated out on my calendar on Mondays and Fridays. So the way the way I set up my business, um, and this might or might not work for other people, but one of the big things and this is this is big for improving follow through and it's big for systematizing your business and it's just a really good thing to do. One of the big things I recommend is setting apart time for your business. So the way I have it set up is that Mondays and Fridays are, like, my business time. That's administrative and business development, maybe some blog post writing. And then Tuesdays through Thursdays are almost 100% client work. And that's, like, that's when I do all my articles. That's when, like, I try and do meetings, you know, things like that. So every 
Monday and Friday, I have a recurring task in Asana, which is what I use, and that's A-S-A-N-A dot com. Um, I've also got a video on my site that, like, breaks down how I use it if you want to check it out. If you search uh, if you search for Asana, you'll find it. Um, but I have a recurring task on Mondays and Fridays that's just to process email. And so I just, like, by the end of the day on Monday and Friday, I get down to inbox zero, and, like, that's my rule. And I actually <laughs> – I have a, another video – I've been like I've been doing these videos and, and blog posts and everything for a while, like Bree said. So I have another video that actually just went out a couple of weeks ago that like breaks down my whole email processing system that I've been using. That's been really helping me get through email and get through email a lot faster in 2015. So if this is something that you struggle with and if like you've you've historically had problems with emails falling through the cracks, then I would definitely recommend checking that out, and that could probably help quite a bit. I like it. So so then with the client follow-up, you can schedule it, but you're going to need to do that. Like you're, there's, not, there's not like a program where you can set, set up those emails to go out automatically. Um, I think there is. It kind of depends on how much you want to pay, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because there's a couple different considerations there. One of them, so contextually, I believe contextually would do, be able to do that. You could theoretically also use something like MailChimp um, for that. I don't know. I think that it kind of depends, um, like, just on how you're using it, because I feel like MailChimp is a little bit impersonal for, like, one-off follow-up emails. Like, I, and I don't know. Like, that might just be me. Contextually, I contextually, and I think that they start at, like, $45 a month or something like that. Contextually has, no, actually it's 30. I, I'm not sure what they start at. But they have something where you can do that where it's like you put someone into a bucket and you can set it up so that like 30 days after they're added to the bucket, they get this email and like it pulls, you know, it pulls from the information that you put in so it is a, a customized template. Uh, so there are a couple of ways that you can automate it depending on how much you want to. Uh, so, like, the two that would come to mind for me would be contextually and MailChimp. Got it. Got it. That's super, super helpful. Absolutely. And and uh, where where do you find that, that particular app, contextually? How do you spell that? <laughs> I just looked at it, actually. Yeah, I... I <laughs> I didn't. I didn't plan this, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm dropping a lot of app names all in one go here. Um, contextually is C O N T A C T U A L L Y. Oh, gotcha. I was spelling it C O N T E X T. All right, gotcha. Oh, yes. Got it. <laughs> so you know, we're talking then a lot about these apps and productivity tools. And, Bree, you mentioned Trello is one that you use a lot. I'd like to hear from both of you guys. What are your favorite productivity tools? Uh, what are the free ones that you feel are most using or that are most worth using? So, Bree, I want to hear yours, too, because I know you are pretty darn organized. Uh, so both you guys, you know, what are the best tools? What are the ones that you think are totally worth it, especially the free ones? Do you want to do you want to go first, Bree? Yeah, Bree, come on. Yes, I will. Um, so <laughs> I use Evernote, and I love Evernote. I am a I'm an Evernote fiend, and I use the first year I used Evernote, I used the free version, and now I have premium. What I really like about Evernote is that there's a lot of there's sort of like a suite that that you can have. So one of the things I use a lot that is attached to Evernote is called Pocket. So as I'm scanning, because I'm really, I'm very much a unitasker. So when I'm online and I'm working, I do not stop to, like, go read the article that someone posted on Facebook. What I do is I will go, you know, I'll go to that article, I'll get the address, and I'll save it to an app called Pocket. And so then when I have leisure time and I want to go and do some reading, I have all of these different things saved there, and I don't have to go looking for them again. And that has saved me so much time. I also use the Evernote Web Clipper, which is basically a a little plug-in, almost I think is what it is, that you – and you can – 
clip, you know, if there's like, if you come across a paragraph that you really like or an image that really inspires you, you can clip it and you can save it to Evernote. And then this year, my designer introduced me to Evernote Work Chat, and I really like that because then all of our conversations that are specific to a work project are in one place. And so, and I also use Evernote with my mentees. You know, you can share a folder, and so multiple people have to have access to something. So, for me, that has that has actually replaced Trello. I used Trello for two years, and I really liked it a lot. But for me and for the kind of work that I do, Evernote is, is definitely my fave. I also really like Expensify um, for keeping on top of my bookkeeping and my finances. I can plug everything into Expensify, my PayPal account, my bank account. Everything can be linked there. Um, I can generate all kinds of different reports. And anytime I buy something online, I can forward the receipt directly to Expensify. So it's there. I don't have to like go back over stuff. I don't have to do messy Gmail searches. It's just, it's all right there filed for me. And so I, those are two that immediately spring to mind that I use on a daily basis. What about you, Michelle? What are you loving these days? So I have, as as you were, I was trying to think of my whole long list because I have, oh, wait, I have some more. Um, I have, <laughs> oh, I so love it. I love getting introduced to the new stuff, too, by the way. So believe me, I'm taking notes. Yeah, well, and I am, like, I'm a nerd. So first off, I'm going to check out <laughs> Expensify because I've been using Xero with, with an X, X-E-R-O, and, mm-hmm. uh, but that that receipt feature sounds really handy because what I've been doing and one of the things that I was going to say is I'm also an Evernote junkie. I love Evernote. Um, and one of the things that I love about it that I really do because that I use a lot and I could see this being handy um, for people who like to write things down but want to have a digital record of it. So Evernote, as you mentioned, uh, integrates with a lot of things and actually has this, the team has this huge suite of apps. One of the things that was just added is an app called Scannable, which I believe is only for iPhone right now, but I'm sure they're probably going to put it out onto Android. But it's free, and it's this really great scanner app. And the thing is, is that it integrates with Evernote, like, seamlessly, because it's all the same team. So I've been, like, taking notes by hand, and then at the end of the call or the meeting or whatever, I just take a picture with Scannable and then save it to the appropriate uh, notebook in Evernote, and what Evernote actually does, and it does this even if you just take a picture of the images. Like, the the app has a built-in document scanner, and Scannable is just a little bit faster, Uh, but it it can read handwriting, and so then if you search for something, so, like, I I was writing down this list of apps to look at. If I scanned it into Evernote with that app and then searched later for one of the apps on this list, it can read. It can like read my handwriting, and I know because I can. Because te- I, I tested this, so you can take that notes is from awesome. Calls that is books. really really yeah. cool. It's so great. So because then I like take notes at meetings, and then I just scan it into Evernote and back it up, and like that's that. I can go back and look at the meeting notes from like my kickoff meeting meeting with a client later, and I don't have to like I don't have to type things up afterwards because a lot of times I don't necessarily need to be able to copy and paste everything. I just like I don't like I don't like typing during a meeting because I feel like I'm not like actually present with people. I'd rather be writing. Right. So that's that's a really great thing Evernote does. Um, and you can also like you can forward emails to Evernote too, which you probably know, Bree. So I, what I have been doing was I actually set up a notebook in Evernote called Accounting, and then every time I had an e- like I got an email receipt for a business expense, I just sent it to that Evernote notebook. Yeah. So there's yes, Evernote. That is awesome. Um, some of the ones that I use, I use Asana, which I already mentioned. I love Asana, and this is like my project management tool, um, and there are a lot of things that I really love about it. It has recurring tasks, which is a deal breaker for me if something doesn't have recurring tasks, because since I am like so organized, you know, I have to split up for certain things, and you know, like certain days of the week are just when I do things. So recurring tasks are really important to me. It's totally free, which is huge. It has uh, color coding for the projects, and it has, like, you can see a drag-and-drop calendar view across all of the projects uh, with all of the tasks on it, and and they're all color-coded. And the thing that I – and I don't know, like, this is just a weird quirk of mine, but I cannot – for the life of me, I cannot work 
in tools that don't have a calendar view. Like I need to be able to see it on a monthly or a weekly calendar view or switch back and forth between the two because if it's just list-based, I don't know why, uh, but I will put way too much stuff on one day. And I kind of still have this habit even with a calendar view. Oh, I just bought another app. I kind of still have this habit even with a calendar view, but, like, it's definitely improved. Um and since I have so many projects, because I basically, so like I write at Bonshell and I do classes and workshops and digital products there. And then I also do freelance writing for uh, like corporate businesses, big companies, uh, content marketing and freelance writing. And then I am also uh, publishing a novel right now. So I have a lot of projects. So I really need to be able to see everything all at one go. And Asana lets me do that. Uh, some other project management tools that I don't use, but that I recommend checking out, Wonderlist, and it's Wonder with a U. Other than that, it's exactly like it sounds, Wonderlist. Wonderlist has a free version, and they also have a paid version. And if, you're, if, you're, if you like list-based to-do systems, or if you're a fan of, like, Getting Things Done by David Allen, then that's probably something to check out. I don't use them because, like I said, list-based systems just don't, or list-based tools don't work for me. I need something with days. But Wonderlist is really good. It's really well designed, and it's got great mobile apps. Trello is great, um, and I think that they've added to the capabilities since the last time I used it. But one of the reasons that I didn't wind up using Trello as, like, my main thing is that uh, is because I had a, it, at the time it didn't have, like, the calendar view. The and calendar I'm not sure view, if it has yeah. Like, yeah. And I think it does now. I'm not sure if it has a cross-project calendar view where you can see all of the tasks across all of the projects on a calendar. But uh, I think it has a calendar view now. But Trello is, if you ever find yourself needing to manage a team of, like, writers, Trello is really good for editorial calendar management because you can just put a card for each topic and discuss on it, which is just, like, a random aside. But there's also, if you're visual, but you want something that's a little different than Trello, there's DropTask, which has a free version and a paid version. I think the paid version is like 650 above. And it's really interesting. And there's a review of it on my site if you want to see it in action. Um, and it's a DropTask, like D-R-O-P, Task, P-A-S-K. Um, but it's a, also a visual interface, but it's totally different than Trello because it's like, it's, it's like drops, and so you have a screen for the project, and then you can create these, like, circles, almost like Venn diagram type thing, for each section of the project, and there's a drop for each task. And so you can change the color of the task and the size of it, depending on how long it's going to take. You can mark whether it's, like, in progress, on hold, or completed. So if you're a visual thinker, but Trello, like, isn't quite meshing with you for whatever reason, then... Um, like you can check out Drop Task, and it might be something that works a little better. I'm a huge Google Docs user. I use Google Docs for a lot of stuff. Uh, I also use HelloSign, which integrates with Google Google Docs um, for like signing contracts and things like that. And <laughs> I'm like moving down this list and adding things to it as I uh, don't don't forget Calendly, Michelle. You mentioned it already. That's one of my other ones too. I love it. Yeah, Calendly is great, too. Um, and one of the things, if you like Trello and you're already an Evernote user, you might check out Kanban Note. Um, so the style of project management that Trello is is called Kanban. So it's K-A-N-B-A-N Note. I haven't used it yet, but apparently what you can do is you can sync it up with your Evernote account and then, like, pull it pulls all of the notes from a specific notebook and puts them, like, on a board like Trello where there's, like, the columns and you can sort the notes mm. in different columns. So I haven't – this is something that's on my list to review, but I haven't really dug into it yet. Um, so moving down the list, one of, the, one of my other favorites is A-Tech, which lets you uh, use text shorteners. So I can type, like um, – I type 30-cal, like 30-cal, and it automatically auto-populates with my – link to book a 30-minute meeting, for example. Like, that's one of the examples. But you can do anything with it. So for if you want to do your client follow-up, for example, by hand, you can write your client follow-up email template for 30 days and then put it in a text and just leave it with blanks for, like, the person's name and details about the project that you did together. 
the work you did together. And then when it when like your task manager tells you that you should follow up with this client or your CRM or whatever uh, tells you that, then all you have to do is like open up your email client and then type like 30 D C F for like 30 day client follow up, and it'll auto populate everything. And then all you have to do is like change their name and hit send, and you send like a totally personalized email that actually came from your account, but you saved some time because you didn't have to like sort of reinvent the wheel. So Atex is great for that. Um, Streak and Boomerang, if you use Gmail or Google Apps, are two really good uh, Google apps that are great for just managing email. Boomerang lets you snooze emails or bring them back up to the top. Streak does that, and it also does some more things. That's how I manage, like, my pitching processes when I'm doing uh, – when I'm, like, pitching freelance writing clients. And then, last but not least – this is such a long list. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, we <laughs> love it. We love it. We love it. Uh, there is also Timeful, which I I think I think they either have an Android. I know they're working on one if they don't have it, but I think their Android app was released, and that's just uh, Time T I M E full F U L. And so this was actually developed based on behavioral science studies, which showed that if you put something on a specific part of the day, like a, like not just on a specific calendar day, but during a specific time you're more likely to complete it. So it just gives you this, like, nice mobile drag-and-drop interface where you can, like, put in tasks, and it will also help you find uh, time to do habits and things. Like, it reminds me to exercise and to meditate. And it's just, like, it's just really useful. And I suppose you can kind of do the same thing with, like, Google Calendar, but Google Calendar doesn't have the habit reminders and, um, like, Timeful actually kind of learns from when you do things and when you don't do them. So, like, if you move something more than a couple of times, it's like, hey, do you really want to do this? Or if you don't do a habit for, like, two weeks, then it's like, do you really want to try and keep adding this as a habit or is it not important to you? And so, like, it just kind of keeps you self-aware. So that's, like, it's a really good mobile app, and it's what I kind of use to try and make sure. That's one of the things that I use to make sure that I'm not putting too much stuff in a certain day because I, like, put in all – it gives you – you know, you can put in a task, and you put in how long you think it's going to take, and it lets you lay it out on the day because, like, many – um, business over. Sometimes business owners sometimes they have wildly unrealistic expectations. So I'm trying to get like so much stuff done in a day, and then I put it in timeful, and it's like, okay, well I know that I need to rearrange tomorrow because I can't do like eight things that are an hour and a half each. That's insanity. Plus I have a meeting, <laughs> so it's really good for sort of uh, keeping you from falling into that habit. Right on. That is such a great list. You know I'm. I gotta admit something. I'm kind of new to Evernote, you guys. I downloaded <laughs> Evernote. <laughs> Come on now, I'm old. You know, give me a break here. You're I rocking down- it. Whatever. <laughs> You're not old. I downloaded Evernote like, oh god, a couple of years ago. And you know what I did? I looked around there, and then I got intimidated, and I thought I can't use it. And I did nothing with it for a long time. And then recently, I finally decided that I was being an old fart, and I said, "Come on now, let's go ahead and give this a try." And I actually uh, bought a course from uh, Systems Rock called Evernote for Small Business Businesses, and it kind of walked me through it. And I've been using it now, and I find it to be extremely handy. And I love that it does connect with other apps. And the one that I really have been using a lot is called Swipes. And Swipes allows me to connect with my Evernote and to connect my to-do list and my task list to it. And I'm huge for lists. So oh, I know what to, is this? Spell this. Spell this for me, Teresa. It's called Swipes. S W I P E S. Mm. And it's just a nice little. It's a nice little to do list. And I was using a different to do list before. To do list I was using, and then I used AnyDo. Well, I switched to Swipes because it works right with Evernote, and it is so slick. It has been really helping me to stay on top of my to do list because every night one of my little systems is is I sit down and on swipes I put together my to-do list for the next day. And then as soon as I get up in the morning, boom, it's right there. It's on all of my devices. Uh, you know, I can access stuff in my Evernote. It's super, super handy. And the other the other productivity app that I use for just accessing files, which I do want to talk about are files too, but I use Dropbox. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. think about Dropbox, Michelle? 
I love Dropbox. So one of the things, this is kind of like a general tip for handling apps, and I, I think this is related because what you said about being overwhelmed by Evernote, that's actually a really common reaction, uh, which is totally understandable because it's like it's so powerful and it's so open-ended that you kind of set it up and then you're like, oh, my God, what do I do now? Um, so I think it helps to have specific use cases. So I use Dropbox and Google Docs and Evernote, but I use them all for different things. So like Dropbox is files like MP3s or video files or PDFs. Um, Google Drive is what I use for writing and sometimes sharing files for, with clients, but that's specifically because it's so good for like writing long form content and um, for like collaborating on that with one or two other people. And then Evernote, is what I use for like notes and ideas and those scans that we mentioned earlier. But one of the things that really got me, uh, that kind of sort of got me into using Evernote because it was like I set it up and I was really into it for like six months and then I was kind of like, eh, like I had the account but I didn't really use it for like a year. Like I only very minimally used it. And then in the last six months or so, I've really picked up using it again. And uh, I think that having specific use cases like being like, okay, so this is what I want to do with Evernote right now. I want to have a digital copy of all of my meeting notes. Or like this is what I'm going to use Dropbox for. This is what I'm going to use Google Docs for. And then like as you get into it, I, you'll be like, oh, after you get used to using it with one thing, you'll be like, oh, hey, I can totally use it to make this process easier and to make this more streamlined and things like that. But having – which is really <laughs> like very roundabout, very roundabout answer. But yeah, I love Dropbox. I think it's great, Bree. What do you use for organizing your files? Are you using, you know? Um... I, I like Dropbox too. Yeah, I I totally I like Dropbox. I um, I I'm I'm not a fan of Google Docs, although I have used it in that kind of you know group setting and and I do like it for very specific things um, but Dropbox is, is my go-to for organizing files and sharing files keeping files you know available I also use audio acrobat um, yeah I yeah you know I mean for us that's a that's a real important one because we of course when you're doing a reading for somebody it's really nice to be able to have a recording of that that you can then send them and that's a great for us that's also a great follow-up tool and um, in fact for many years when I sent someone's recording I had a, you know a whole little you know they could fill out a testimonial they could ask me any follow-up questions they could refer me to a friend like there was a whole follow-up process that I had that I really liked a lot so I dig that and I also like speak um, S-P-E-E-K I use that for my one-on-one -on -one sessions like this month I've been teaching and I've been teaching the Miracle Tree sessions and so I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions with each of the students when I'm doing that and I really like Speak. It's a it's a phone conferencing, but you can connect via phone or computer. Um, and the recording, it's very clean. You can brand it, and the recording function is just really easy. There's not a lot of like you know away time. You just turn on the recorder and you're good to go. So those are those are two others that I really like. But yeah, I love Dropbox. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about scheduling appointments. And now here's where I get to sound like I'm, you know, 90 years old again. You know, I <laughs> I don't use any of the online schedulers. And the reason why is for me, I like to make sure I feel people out if I don't know them. Uh, yes. Just to make, so I, I kind of like do a little cat and mouse, which I know is kind of a waste of energy. Uh, what about you guys? What do you think are really smart ways to do online scheduling? I mean, Michelle, is there something you recommend to your clients? I usually use – I like Calendly because it's so – like the interface is so good. Um, Time Trade used to kind of be like the only name in the business sort of. And I always felt like there – I'm a design snob. Like even though I'm not a designer and I've never been a designer, <laughs> I'm a design snob. I want the things that I use to look pretty uh, and like have good interfaces and a good user experience and things like that. And I didn't feel like Time Trade really kind of – hit any of those markers like it was it, it did the job but 
I didn't feel like it – I felt like it could definitely be stronger in those arenas. And so Calendly kind of just nails it, in my opinion. Um, something that I haven't been able – that I haven't used yet, uh, but that I sort of like the look of is this Google add-on um, that I mentioned earlier called Mixmax. And uh, that's just M-I-X-M-A-X. And uh, you can put calendar times in it. Like, you can do a ton of stuff with it. I haven't even really um, cut, like, barely scratched the full surface of what you can do with it at this point. Uh, But you can put calendar times in it, and then it, like, just auto, like, it syncs with your Google Calendar. So I use Google Calendar and, yeah, all of those things sync with that. So, like, those kind of, like, Calendly is my favorite. I haven't got to use that feature of Mixmax yet, so I can't quite vouch for it. But there's um, there's also, like, Doodle, and there's that Assistant, Assistant.2 uh, plugin that I mentioned earlier. So there's there are several options if you want to go that route. I like Calendly, too. Um but I also I and I used to use Time Trade and I totally agree with you, Michelle. Like I was so glad when Calendly showed up so that I could stop <laughs> using Time Trade's ugly, ugly interface. Um but I also hear what you're saying, Teresa, about um not you know, about wanting to feel people out. And I'm the same way and so like I use Calendly like with my Miracle Tree students who all had to schedule appointments with me in February. I set up a Calendly event for them, and that worked really well. Now, if I am scheduling, say, a clarity call, which is one of the specific types of readings that I do, I can fit those in at various odd times. And so what I use for that is the Hello Kitty 2015 Weekly Monthly Planner, and it is awesome. And it is a really good planner, and it's Hello Kitty. Oh, well, you can't go wrong with that. (laughs) Absolutely not. I My only I... critique of that is that there are no stickers included. Oh, see that? Was... <laughs> you know, I got to tell you guys back to Evernote. There, do you guys know that Evernote now makes these wonderful little uh, Moleskine notebooks, and you can write your list and stuff in that, and then you take a picture, and it even has stickers. I'm telling you this, Bree, because you just mentioned stickers, so you reminded me. <laughs> They've got stickers that Evernote recognizes to organize your darn notes. And you oh, can my gosh. I love that. And you get a free three-month uh, introduction to um, Evernote Premium. So you can get the Evernote Moleskine notebooks uh, right on, on like, Amazon.com and stuff. And I got uh, one for me and one for my husband, and we've been going nuts with them. They're really awesome, and they write – I mean, you just can write so beautifully in them. Awesome. Ooh. Yeah. So we're coming down to the last few minutes. Bree, what else – do you think we need to ask Michelle? Really good question. Um, okay. I think one that comes up for a lot of people, Let's. I have two, and, and they're kind of related. So talk to us. You've already talked a little bit about client care, but just talk to us about client care and how being organized fits in with client care and why that matters for our businesses and then also tell us how we contain the email monster. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, client care. Yeah, I think that honestly, um, I think a big part of it, aside from like sort of the mental cost and the things that we talked about earlier, I think a big part of it is that it does come across like it definitely comes off in like you know your vibes if if you're scattered and stressed out and not quite sure. And I've had that like I've had you know, that experience, and, and like, I get it, because, you know, I've talked to so many people about this, so I understand that, like, this is a real uh, area of struggle, but I've had that experience, like, even more than once, where I have, like, some kind of work with someone, and the work itself is great, but, like, it was kind of a pain in the ass to schedule the session, and then they sort of drop the ball on the follow-through, like, it takes, like, four days or a week or something for me to get the recording or to get the workbook or the notes or whatever, things like that. Or, like, the follow, it takes a while, it takes longer than it should to get back to, to hear back on the follow up questions and things like that. And it just doesn't make you, even if, like, the actual service is good, it doesn't really make you uh, feel super great as a client. Like, it, 
it's just kind of like, um, you know, it's like when you're dating someone and you guys have a date night and then, like, they pull out their phone and they're playing on their phone the whole night. And I, you guys probably haven't had that experience because you haven't, you guys. Because we would murder our husbands. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't, didn't have to date in the era of smartphones. But it's it's really annoying. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you, can, you can sympathize. And that's kind of yeah. what it, like, to me, that's kind of what it feels like. And so that's sort of a side effect of not being organized is that it's like, you know, your whether that's intentional or not, and like I, you know, I'm pretty understanding about it, but it just doesn't. It's the total opposite of like, like an experience with Teresa, where it's like I had, you know, like she got in touch the same day that I paid, and we had something booked that same day, and uh, I mean, not we didn't have something booked for that same day, obviously, but we had a, a by the end of that day, we had a date on the calendar for another time, and I had the recording by like the same day. And, like, it was just all very precise and, like, it makes you feel taken care of versus making you feel, like, not quite intentionally ignored but still a little bit ignored nonetheless. Like, that's sort of the opposite. And so that's kind of – that's that's a very, very common side effect of of ignoring your systems. And even when even, – even if you're disorganized, sometimes even people who aren't super organized have, like, the client care absolutely down – but they're still not going around it in, like, the most efficient way. And so it's like you can have them both. You know, you can be super efficient and you can be, like, super conscientious of your client's time and things like that. So that's sort of, like, my kind of thoughts on that. Um, The email monster. So (laughs) I feel bad because I know – I know not everybody likes Google Apps, but Google Apps is, like, my obsession. If you're going to go, I don't know – um, of an app that I would recommend for Windows because I'm a Mac user, but there's a couple of good – I'm writing them down right now. Um, there's a couple of good apps, like even if you don't use Google Apps, there's AirMail, which I think is like 2 bucks or something, and there's Mailbox, which has both a phone app and uh, is – and is sorry, I'm like writing things down now, so I don't remember now that I got started thinking about uh, – <laughs> email apps, Uh, there's a couple of, like, if you want to do mobile apps, there's a couple of ones that are really good. And I think what I'm going to do rather than, like, go over all of those on the phone is I'll just, like, post that list because there's a couple different ones and they're kind of, like, it it just kind of depends on your personal preference. I'll post them as a comment in, like, the Facebook event. So there's mobile apps and then Mailbox, um, the Dropbox team, actually created an email app called Mailbox that a lot of people really love. It was not really my jam, but for some reason, like, the swipe interface with email, it's just not really my thing. And so it was kind of focused around that. And they're creating a Mac app, which I believe is in beta right now. So you can try it for free if you use uh, Mac. Uh, Past that, like, all of my stuff is for Google Apps because that's what I use. So (laughs) I saw her. I'm sorry to the non-Google Apps users in the audience, um, but I'm, like, I'm just obsessed with it because there's so many good add-ons. So what I do is I have that email processing time set aside. This is sort of like a very uh, top-level overview of the system that's outlined in that that post that I mentioned earlier. So I'll try and um, remember to post links in the comment as well. But so there's there's an add-on called Inbox Pause. And so uh, during when I'm like go, when I when it's email processing time I like if I'm doing this on a Monday or fri- Friday typically I do like 15 minutes or so of email at the end of a work day during the week and then like Monday or Friday is like an hour about depending but I go in and I pause my inbox which just means that I don't like nothing new comes up in my inbox while I'm processing it, which just it feels better because otherwise it feels kind of like you're like plugging holes in a leaky bucket and there's just more water coming out. So pause the inbox, start at the top. I have an option turned on so that when you hit send or when you archive something, it auto advances to the next one. And I also have another option turned on that lets you archive that has like a send and archive button in one thing. So that means that like I hit an email and I ask myself, okay, can I reply to this right now? If I can reply to it, I tag it with whatever folder because I have an obsessive folder tagging system. Like I have a, a client folder and then I have a subfolder for each of my clients. I have a bombshell folder. I have like a, 
a purchases folder, things like that. So I tag it with whatever folder it needs to go into, and then I reply to the email, and I hit send an archive. So that sends the email, and then it archives the email, it takes it out of the inbox, and puts it in whatever folder I just tagged it with. And then the next email automatically pops up because of that other add-in item that I have. It's the auto-advanced one. And then I reply to that one. If I can't reply to it right now or take action on it right now, but I can do that later and I know when I'll be able to do it, I use Boomerang or Streak to make sure that it comes back to my inbox on that certain day so that I'm reminded to do it or to take that action or to reply to this email on that certain day. So I'll, hit, I'll be like, okay, I can't reply to this right now, but I know that I'll know the information tomorrow afternoon. So I just hit, like, return to inbox, 3 p.m. tomorrow, and it's done. And so it moves on to the next email. And this email I can take action on today, but right now I'm processing my email. I'm not taking, I'm not, like, taking random action. So I open whatever I need to take that action from that email into in another tab, and then I move on to the next email. And so I do that until I hit the bottom of my inbox, and then at that point, typically, I have like three to five tabs to the right of my email tab, and I just start at the next one, and I move over. Like, I start at the one that's closest to my email tab, and I do whatever I needed to do that was based on that email, and then, like, close that tab and move on to the next. And so at the end of this, like I said, typically this takes about, like, an hour, sometimes two hours, depending on how much actual action I need to take. At the end of this, I'm at inbox zero. Everything that can be replied to was replied to. Everything that I could take action on has taken action on. The stuff that I couldn't take action on at this moment isn't cluttering up my inbox because it's going to come back at the time it needs to come back. And everything is sorted appropriately where it needs to be sorted. That is fabulous, fabulous. There's a lot of advice, but I think that is stuff that can really help everybody who's listening. And for those of you who are listening, we are now getting down to the very last minute. And I want to remind you that you can find Michelle at bombshell.com. But I want to tell you for a moment that she's got a shop filled with some phenomenal classes, and they're on sale right now. There is a class, um, Six Weeks to Street Cred, which tells you all about guest posting the Planner Power Pack, Rock Your Systems, which I love, the Client Follow-Up Action Kit. So for you who have trouble keeping on top of that, that's probably something you're going to want to check out. And, uh, of course, Rock the System, the workbook. So she's got all this stuff. And also when you sign up for her newsletter, you get a free Systems 101 course, which is going to give you a lot of great information to get started getting systems set up for your business. And Michelle's got a great newsletter. It's one of the only ones that I do uh, read consistently because it's always filled with really great information. So her site is, again, bombshell.com, and it's B-O-M-B-C-H-E-L-L-E.com. So I really urge you guys to get over there and check it out. And, Michelle, we really want to thank you for being here tonight. This was such an information-packed show. I, I've learned a lot, and I've got some notes here on things that I'm going to be checking out, so thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, and one quick note, because it's not related to systems in any way, but that novel that I mentioned earlier is being published serially right now. The Kindle book will be available next month. But in the meantime, if you want to read the prologue and Chapter 1, and Chapter 2 goes up on Friday, um, you can do that at worldflip.net, W-O. R L G flip S L I P dot net and it's uh dystopian urban fantasy with a snarky female protagonist. So if that sounds up your alley, please check it out because that is the other thing I have going on right now. Well I think Yay, people in our industry so exciting. <laughs> that would be right <laughs> up their alley. And you know, Bree, why don't you um Real quickly, I know you want to get all excited to hear, to hear more about that thing because that sounds like it's totally your gig. <laughs> I love oh. snarky girls and dystopian urban fantasies. Hello. Of course you do because you, <laughs> you can kind of play that role. That's but, right. <laughs> could you tell our tell our listening audience what we have cooking up next month? Yes, I can. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We know that you have lots of choices when you listen. I sound like a Southwest Airlines stewardess. <laughs> <laughs> we, know, we know that you're busy, and we appreciate your presence. 
And next month, on March 25th at 8 p.m. Central Time, we will be talking with Allison Monday of Tiny Blue Orange about having a beautiful and secure website design, function, and security. That is really important because obviously you're going to now next month, you're going to have all these great systems in place with all of this data that needs to be taken care of. And the last thing you want to do is deal with being hacked. Teresa and I have both had that experience, and it's not fun. <laughs> no, and Allison is a lifesaver for me, and she is one of the people that I, you know, in my very small circle that I trust 100%, and she keeps my site very, very secure. So I knew this is the gal we need to bring on here to give all of us a, a little lesson in how to make sure that we're a little bit safer online and looking a little more spiffy online. So uh, very excited about that show. So once again, we are now signing off, even though I hate to go. And Michelle, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those who are listening, my name is Teresa Reed, and you can find me at www.thetarolady.com. Ms. Bree, where can we find you? Thanks again, everyone, for being here. And thank you so much, Michelle. This was great. I love learning about new systems, so I'm so excited. I am Bree Saucy, and you can find me at briannasaucy.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-A Saucy, S-A-U-S-S-Y.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a beautiful evening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.